This is the Ghoul's Guide to Santa Barbara. You kids will be the death of me. The death of me. Is it from a movie? Or is this just you on a Saturday night? It's from a it's from a movie, Jen. That's <laughs> how our podcast works. Oh, this is my first time here. I don't know. It sounds familiar, but I just don't know movie quotes. <laughs> is it Matilda? No. That's a good, good, decent it's guess. But no. Can you give us a hint? I don't know if... Okay. Here's a real random hint for you. Okay. To a couple that's in Twin Peaks, Everett McGill, uh-huh. and I don't know the lady's name, but they play the parents in this movie. Uh-huh. And she, the woman... The people under the stairs. Yes! Nice. I've never seen that. <laughs> oh, it's I've really never good. seen it, and I've never seen Twin Peaks. But I kid you not. Just today in my Facebook feed, like something came up, and it, it had a picture of these two people, and it was like so and so just cast these people yep. from Twin Peaks. Yep. So on a whim. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's um, the people under the stairs. It's just one of my very well. I, I can't really say it's one of my favorites, but it is a favorite. It's just so. It's, is it a remake of an earlier film? I don't know. Or actually, or is like, was there one and that's the classic? I this is the only one I know of. Okay, I think it was. I think I just looked it up and it was like 1991. Okay, and so these like two men and a kid break into this house and it's Everett McGill and and the the actress lady that I I can't remember her name, but um, but they so the family has like kidnapped all of these kids over the years, this couple. And, but like, they're, they're like ultra religious. And so like, whenever the kids like sin, you know, if they talk back, then they like cut out their tongue and basically <gasps> like put them in the basement. And, or if they, um, I don't know if they like hear something, they're not, I don't know. There's all these goofy things. So they just like mutilate them and then just put them in the basement. So that's why they're under the stairs. And that's so then really goofy. It, it's Horrific. campy. It's campy, <laughs> but it's, but, um, and so then like, finally they, they, they get a girl because they're like all of these boys have been terrible sinners or whatever uh-huh. and they get a girl and um then like when this these thieves break in they get like trapped in the house and it's just all about like them trying and like they find the all the kids and so there's like this whole scene where the mom is like you know ma- they kill one of the guys and and she's making the daughter clean up all the blood oh, <laughs> the daughter's like crying and like cleaning and and so she's and she's like just wigged out about the kids under the stairs and the daughter and she's you cancel me the death of me and so <laughs> when I get frustrated with the kids I'm, that's my brain Aww. you cancel me the death but in a funny way <laughs> not in like a really I don't really feel that way about my children <laughs> you don't have any kids in your basement no kids in the basement no basement so no basement no kids in the basement <laughs> that's right so Nadine from Twin Peaks was played by Wendy Roby thank you I would not yeah and um I don't know if anyone is from the micro generation that defined their whole existence by watching my so-called life yes. like I am, but uh, AJ, AJ Langer, yeah. Rayanne from yeah, she's the daughter. Eh, okay, yeah, so she yeah, nice. And Everett McGill is also, I believe, in the classic film Silver Bullet. Oh, <laughs> again, digging deep. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, well, this is the Ghoul's Guide to Santa Barbara, and I'm Jen. I'm Liz. And I'm Summers. And on today's episode, Summers is going to tell us about Halloween in Isla Vista, a history. 
party. Let's do this. Isla Vista, or IV, you'll remember from previous episodes, is the UC Santa Barbara college town we visited here on Ghoul's Guide in Liz's episode about the Isla Vista lookalike murders. That's right. For years, the massive communal street party that overtook Isla Vista every Halloween was the most famous thing about our local university. And Halloween and Ivy contributed to the party school reputation that was at its peak in the early 2000s. (laughs) So what was it like? Why did parents just not understand? (laughs) Was it really so dangerous to party in Ivy on Halloween? How did the communal revels at Halloween start? Uh, We'll dig into the answers to these questions right now. And if I can't answer any of them, maybe the official Ghoul's Guide Magic 8 Ball can (laughs) at the end. So first off, the University of California, Santa Barbara, or UCSB, has Santa Barbara in its name. And it did start within the Santa Barbara city limits. But since 1954, the UCSB campus has been in the Goleta area, in the Isla Vista area. (laughs) That had been a Marine Corps air base during World War II. UCSB has its own beach, and it occupies like sort of this peninsula (laughs) campus point. But it's officially called Goleta Point, and Isla Vista is... Just north of the UCSB campus. The campus is 708 acres or 168 standard Walmarts. (laughs) Excellent. Thank you. So the point is you've got a decent sized campus and then a community a little bigger than the campus, just north of it, and also nestled right next to the beach and up on a cliff, which will be important later. Oh, yeah. Sorry, go on. No. No, I'm just surprised that Ivy is bigger than UCSB. I mean, I hope it is. I wrote this several weeks ago. (laughs) <laughs> it may have grown since then. And I may just not have checked very well. <laughs> so both UCSB and Isla Vista are surrounded by a sandy beach and cliffs because the whole area is up on a mesa, which is a flat top hill with steep sides. <laughs> and it means table in Spanish. The Isla Vista cliffs are about 30 feet from the beach below. Population of IV is around 15,000 people today. And uh, both that and the note about the cliffs are going to serve you well later. I wonder how what the population is in the summer <laughs> compared to like yeah. three. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So let's get into it regarding UCSB and Halloween. In the beginning, UCSB had a football team. <laughs> and like other universities with a football team, the big event of the autumn was homecoming. When you said in the beginning, I was like, like Big Bang yeah. <laughs> times. Uh-huh. In the beginning, God created God football teams. <laughs> what i was going for i created ivy i'm pretty sure if there is a god he did not create ivy <laughs> actually are you gonna tell me that god exists and created Isla no Vista? but this general sentiment of ivy can't be a good thing created in any like positive way i'm into ivy after this episode cool i'm like i'm <laughs> into halloween and ivy All i mean right. i'll never go because i'm old now but i've always been too old for Isla Vista. <laughs> Halloween, even when I went to UCSB. The football team used to be called the Roadrunners. Oh. Just such a cute name, and I'm all for that name. But we can't have nice things in this town. So in 1936, (laughs) UCSB's football coach and uh, toxic masculinity won out. Coach Theodore Harder, whose nickname was Spud. But Harder Stadium, right? Yeah. Yeah. It said that Roadrunners have spindly legs, (laughs) and they present a weak image. Oh. Okay. And so... That's unworthy of being a mascot for UCSB. But yet he evaded Wiley e. Coyote for a <laughs> right? eternity. Smart and fast. Exactly. <laughs> I know. So there was some voting about the team name and the name Gauchos won out. And uh, I dearly wanted to go off on the name <laughs> the Gauchos. It's like every every team in Santa Barbara has like a casually racist. <laughs> I know. I know. Um, there is a 
another team in California at Saddleback Community College that was called the Gauchos. Oh. And two years ago, they they were like, oh, no, this is real bad. <laughs> so they renamed themselves. Oh, but we still have it. But there's not been any discussion <laughs> about renaming the Gauchos for UCSB. And the mascot's name officially is Olay. Oh, yeah. Which is... Mm-hmm. There was a movement to change it. I read something was about there? it. Okay. Yeah. Great story. I can't remember what they wanted no, to change it okay. to, but... <laughs> But yeah, there was like a movie. But at least some discussion about yeah. it. That's yeah. fantastic. I am all for I that. I mean, just the word gaucho in itself is not problematic. But as always, it's like the depiction of the mascot and it's like racist stereotypes. And we see that a lot throughout. <laughs> yeah. So apparently the reason that gauchos won um, as a name was that there had been a movie called The Gaucho oh. out a few years before. Oh, no. And it was, what, the 30s? Yeah. This was the 30s, and the movie was in the 20s, hmm. late 20s. So why am I telling you about football when I promised you messy <laughs> stories of dangerous Ivy Halloweens of yore? Whatever you think about UCSB, uh, the reason that I thought that UCSB football was important was that homecoming was a big deal. Mm-hmm. And there was even a homecoming parade down State Street. Oh, wow. So at that time, even though the university had moved out of the city limit. Were the parades just when when it, the campus is down? T- no, I mean, NSB? it started then, but uh-huh. like. Continued even. Yeah. Oh, wow. So the city, people in the city were more integrated into, or the opposite. The university was more integrated into Santa Barbara life, I think. Got it. And even when it moved, it still was. I was going to say, it. it feels like. As someone who lives and works in Santa Barbara, I know that the university is there and it and UCSB is like big to the people that go there and mm-hmm. it's a pretty well-known school and everything. But like, I don't think of it as being really ingrained with the everyday activities of the city. Right. Same. Yeah. And I think that's the view, right? Like mm-hmm. that's yeah. the vibe of it. Yeah. My growing up even so in the 80s because my dad was so involved with UCSB, like we felt very separate from Santa Barbara. Mm-hmm. Even though at the time Goleta didn't really exist except as like a... Twinkle in its daddy's eye. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, it just, you know, we thought of ourselves as living in Santa Barbara, just Santa Barbara seemed bigger. Yeah. So you said they used to have a football team. Do they currently not have a football team? No, they no. haven't for a long time. So, That's okay, so I'm going to read this paragraph that I was going to cut. <laughs> okay. Although the 1969 Gaucho football team was good enough to have its own Wikipedia page... Interest in football was declining around that time, the 60s, you know, you get it. Uh, So in 1971, UCSB decided the football team was costing more money than it was worth. And that's not just like the cost of the team itself. But when you consider that you're giving full ride scholarships to a whole team of Mm -hmm. people like that was the. That's so interesting because I feel like so many universities, that's the bulk of their income, like the sports teams yeah yeah. especially football is like that's where the money comes from right and so i think that they would have been super cool with keeping the team if that money had been coming in but during Mm -hmm. the 60s it just died out Hmm. so they canceled football disbanding the team before the start of the 1972 season which is fine with me because we have (laughs) as we've discussed previously i am unable to understand how american football works even though i have tried (laughs) Often, and I have even made diagrams and tried to (laughs) make Liz and Jen listen to me about about how it works. Although Isla Vista Halloween celebrations were already kind of ramping up in the 60s, -hmm. I think football leaving kind of gave a vacuum for the Halloween to expand into. Okay. 
So according to the Daily Nexus, the early Halloween events of the 1960s were just parties in dorms. And there's an adorable quote from a Nexus article about the history of Ivy Halloween that we'll link in the show notes, which you can find anywhere where we post or at Ghoul's Guide to SB. Dot com. <laughs> How do websites work? <laughs> Dot com. It says the first sign of trouble showed up in 1962 when there was a disturbance between two dormitory living groups oh involving gosh. water balloons and mud clot throwing. <laughs> I uh, may, have, may have shot water balloons off of a roof in Ivy with a giant water balloon slingshot oh, on Halloween. That sounds so fun. You were part of a rich tradition. May have. <laughs> Um, Can neither confirm nor deny. (laughs) To continue to quote from this article by Lexi Pandell, riotous conduct was reported in 1963 as well. And in that instance, a mob of students swarmed into a women's dorm and knocked down the house mother. (gasps) Oh, no. Which I guess is like the RA before universities like figured out that you could save money by making students. students. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But I guess you just would have like a grown up living in your dorm with you, which sounds like so, I don't know, um, like Monkey's Uncle or something. Like, doesn't it sound like a cozy Tommy Kirk movie? I missed that reference. Sorry. Oh, okay. <laughs> I think they were also like split by gender too. Yeah. So then it was like the probably the house mother's yeah. role was to also make sure that like no boys were there yeah. after curfew and <laughs> totally protect right. the, the virtue. The virtue of the, <laughs> the women. virtue and the panties of the young women. <laughs> oh, you know, like on the facts of life, wasn't what's her name? Kind of oh. like a house mother. Mrs. Gosh. Garrett? Mrs. Mrs. Garrett. Garrett. Yeah. But I mean, that was high school. But yeah, I think it was probably the same kind of thing. Okay, so 1963 seems to be the year that Halloween busted out from the confines of campus and found its way into Isla Vista. Hmm. So 1960s police captain Willis A. Lowe was quoted in the Nexus as saying, students gathered in groups of hundreds on street corners that year. So if we're seeing Halloween and Ivy is sort of like a sentient blob that's growing, <laughs> and why wouldn't we? 1963 is the year UCSB failed to contain that blob. Wow. So it's out. It out has in spilled Ivy. out. Yes. <laughs> and by the end of the 60s, Halloween parties had moved away from campus altogether. So the sort of main party street in Isla Vista, Del Playa Drive. Uh, Del Playa means from the beach in Spanish. And it's the street like closest to the beach in Ivy. Remember earlier when we talked about cliffs? Mm-hmm. Keep remembering that. So 60s. And we've got like all this political stuff in the rest of the country brewing. But we're going to skip to the 1969-1970 school year. Okay. In UCSB. And that was probably, aside from 2014, the roughest school year for oh. UCSB ever. So not only is Gaucho, the Gaucho football team about to be completely disbanded in about a year... But UCSB and Isla Vista are going through it. And so are a lot of other universities in the United States. So the college students of 1970, let's say they're 18 to 22 years of age, right? So they're born somewhere between 1948 and 1952. They're the elder baby boomers. Okay. But let's picture them then and not the okay boomers (laughs) that they are now. They were from 10 to 13 years old when President Kennedy was shot. We know that event left a legacy of generational trauma behind and changed how kids especially thought about the world and the government. My mom, again, she made stuff up, but she did say <laughs> that I have, an, uh, I have a bunch of older brothers. And she said that, like, they all wanted to be president and then they suddenly didn't want to be president oh, anymore. Huh. And we're lucky that they're not. But I found an article that said, like, every child that 
saw footage of the JFK assassination probably had some PTSD from it, like actual PTSD. Sure. And it ended like the sense of safety we had been cultivating for these kids as a society. It was almost this big group group effort to make kids and the nuclear family like this safe, stable unit after World War II. And that like 1945 to 1963 period is the era we get mad about all the time where like one average wage earner could support a family (laughs) and purchase a home and a car. And like, that's the thing that we're angry that we don't have anymore, (laughs) like that we got booted out of that time of the ultimate American dream. And so these are the kids that got booted out of it with that assassination. So they had some trauma. And then during this time, Lyndon Johnson is in his last year as U.S. president and Nixon is going to get elected in November of 1970. And that's concerning because up until this time, Johnson, LBJ, had kept a student deferment in place so that the draft couldn't take you if you were in college. Oh, okay. And you didn't have to be doing anything useful in college. You just <laughs> had to be like kind of doing okay in any field of study. Because like, oh yeah, the Vietnam War had been going on for practically these college kids' entire lives. And it's killing off and otherwise incapacitating the young men of that generation, which is terrifying for everyone that age. But there's also fear that Nixon's going to end that deferment hmm. when he takes office. And he did do that later. But So there's like that fear... And then in May, before Nixon is even elected, though, the killings at Kent State University happen. You've heard that yeah. like four dead in Ohio song. Uh, no, but go on. <laughs> but I you know have. of the shooting. Yes. I just yeah. don't know the song. <laughs> and there's like that. There's a Pulitzer Prize winning, I think, I think photo mm-hmm. of uh, a student yelling at the sky, crouching near a dead student's body at Kent State. So you've got anti-establishment thinking and anger growing in universities like Kent State and UCSB. When students get together to protest, there's a possibility they die. And that was new and (laughs) pretty terrifying. So as much as we scorn the boomers today, they were going through a lot in 1970. And oh, and the other thing, the other thing that they had to do. Did you know this? Every Monday night, every (laughs) Monday night on the TV news was when you found out if you were drafted. Oh, no. Yeah. Like you had a number or something and then... You had to watch the news on CBS and they do this birthdays, awful, like, yeah, this right? horrible, lo- like, lottery That's thing. That's right. I didn't know it was on the news. Yeah. Whoa. And if it was your birthday, you were going to Vietnam. Whoa. I know. It's depicted in This Is Us, but I didn't watch that. So Me neither. My hashtag media damage reference is the movie Girl Interrupted. Uh-huh. Did they show that? Oh, did they? So mm-hmm. my dad was drafted to Vietnam. Yeah. And went to basic training, went through the everything. And right before, so earlier in a section where Jen rambled about her father playing golf uh-huh. uh, for the high school and uh, city college in Santa Barbara, I talked about him playing golf. And then right before he was set to be shipped out to Vietnam, they mm-hmm. found out about his golf history and instead of sending him to Vietnam, they sent him to Germany to run the officer's golf course. Oh, my gosh. So the rest so of lucky. his yeah. platoon, I, I'm not a military person. Oh, like he was already in it and like, like ready to go. Like the rest of his group wow. went to Vietnam and he went Whoa. to Germany. Oh, my gosh. Wow. So you had that. And that was not just affecting the men of the student body, but like in Girl Interrupted, it's Susanna Kaysen. Winona Ryder's character she's just like so worried about her boyfriend Mm. so that's a stressor yeah right there for sure so on the night of February 27th 1970 so before Kent State in Isla Vista there was a protest planned against Bank of America which had a branch in Isla Vista it wasn't to do with Vietnam which surprised me it was um that that the I know (laughs) that the students were all they were just really politically conscious yeah 
UCSB students at the time. And they, um, oh, the other thing, the other thing that those kids went through was the civil rights movement. Right. Right. So they're living in the, the, um, like Lovecraft country nightmare USA. And so they're very conscious of those issues too. They were upset that Bank of America was doing some things that were supporting apartheid in South Africa. Oh, I had no idea that's what it was related to. Yeah, supposedly they had been funneling money into South Africa in ways that supported apartheid. Uh, Apartheid is a word in um, Afrikaans that means separateness or apartness. System of racial segregation. Mm -hmm. That was the law in South Africa at that time. Lasted from 1949 until 1994. I remember that mm-hmm. being like, wasn't that a part of like Lethal Weapon 2? Oh, really? <laughs> I don't know about that. I just remember that happening. If you think about how the student population at UCSB in 1970 spent almost their whole lives witnessing all of these things and that they uh, witnessed the civil rights movement from 54 to 67, like, of course, these are these are young people who are not OK with apartheid. So there were 13,000 students at UCSB in 1970, which is only around half of how many kids are there today. Okay. Nationwide, 60 million people were enrolled in college in 1970, which is more than ever before. And it was like rapid, rapid growth, like up 10% at least just in the last 10 years before. And so that that had pushed student living increasingly out off campus into Mm -hmm. rental apartments in Ivy, that growth. And so there's no no dorm mothers in (laughs) Ivy, right? So there's no closer supervision and no dorm rules. And so things got wilder in general. Back to Bank of America. They had a branch at 935 Embarcadero del Norte. Uh, today, that's the address of Embarcadero Hall, which is a UCSB lecture hall. And in the 90s, it was the Anaconda. What? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I went there for concerts. Yeah. yeah. Students advertised their protest with flyers that detailed all the reasons you should boycott Bank of America, which we can um, post photos of on our Instagram at Ghoul's Guide to SB. <laughs> right around that time, too, there was this weird thing where <laughs> there are so many things, like so many ingredients to this. <laughs> the There was this thing called the Chicago 7 trial, and I'm not going to get into it, but it was like a thing where a group of people were accused of inciting a riot at the 68 democratic national convention hmm. and i guess it was just one of those things that like politically conscious kids were real mad about and the the defense attorney william kunstler from um that trial had been at ucsb at harder stadium named after our roadrunner gaucho uh-huh. guy <laughs> so he came to ucsb the speech william kunstler gave did indirectly inspire the bank of america burning His speech at Harder Stadium was on February 25th, two days before the bank burning. He talked about what was happening nationally that was causing students to radicalize and protest. And then he specifically brought it home to Isla Vista and Mm. named things that were happening at UCSB. And in IV, there had been in 1969, there had been the Santa Barbara oil spill. Right. Sparking the environmentalist movement nationwide. The birthplace of Earth Day. And then this really, really popular anthropology professor at UCSB, his name was Bill Allen, had just been fired. The students believed the university administration's publicly stated reasons were a smokescreen, and it was actually Professor Allen's progressive politics that got him fired. Yeah. Because governor of California at the time, here's another ingredient, was Ronald Reagan. And he had been encouraging the UC system to weed out all of its left-wing faculty. Wow. Cool. Nothing wrong with that, huh? Right? He actually, uh, he stacked the UC Regents board and had them fire 
the president of the UC system, Clark Kerr, K-E-R-R, which you'll recognize from like Kerr Hall. Oh. And a lot of different in the UC systems. There are a lot of things named after him now. Oh. But And he had the opportunity to resign, but he was like, no, you are firing me. So wow. that needs to be visible. You could have just uh, done the whole episode by telling me that you blame all the problems with Halloween on Ronald Reagan. And I would have been like, yeah. I could read. Checks re- out. Yep. Why do parents not understand? <laughs> was it Ronald Reagan's fault? <laughs> Indeed it was. <laughs> this popular defense attorney from the Chicago 7 trial during his speech, he said, quote, I have never thought that the breaking of windows and sporadic picayune violence is a good tactic. But on the other hand, I cannot bring myself to become bitter and condemn young people who engage in it. <laughs> so he's like, I'm not going to say do it, but do it. I thought you were going to be like, I've never found that to be a problem. <laughs> right. <laughs> so the students that were in the audience at Harder Stadium cheered and walked immediately over to Perfect Park in Isla Vista, where they were greeted by police in full riot gear. Whoa. What the heck is Perfect Park? I don't know, but is that dog shit park. Maybe. <laughs> We'll put it on the map. Okay. The Isla Vista Foot Patrol, who we are going to talk about in a little bit, was there in full riot gear. And they arrested and then brutally assaulted a kid. Oh, no. Who they claimed was carrying a Molotov cocktail. But he was really just like kind of like a mellow Doonesbury character, like schlepping down <laughs> to the park with a bottle of wine drinking. Whoa. It's funny because you say the Isla Vista Foot Patrol in full riot gear. And I picture them with like wooden swords and holding like a trash can lid. <laughs> okay. That is the impression that we have of them now. But they're like, at this time, they're terrifying wow. as a force. So were they just like, were they like a subset of the police department? The sheriff, like who, right? Whose um, jurisdiction is Isla County. Vista... Okay, so let me find it for you. It's unincorporated county. All right. So the official messaging is that local law enforcement agencies, which is the Santa Barbara County Sheriff's Department, CHP, California Highway Hmm. Highway Patrol for some reason, and the UCSB Police Department banded together to create the IV Foot Patrol to help address tension between communities and the police. And they say, like the IV Foot Patrol itself says that they were a groundbreaking effort towards community policing. Mm. And I wasn't there. (laughs) But I don't believe that. It seems like relations between the police and students are not great. So let's put on riot gear and go fix that. Right? Yeah. I know. Now I'm imagining them with the wooden swords. (laughs) But they were scared. They're LARPers. I mean, they beat the crap out of this kid. Wow. Rich Underwood. There's a quote from a student who was there at the time, quote, imagine being in Harder Stadium and having the lawyer of a high profile national trial draw connections between what has been happening nationally with what has been happening on campus. And then imagine a large part of those attendees leave the stadium and watch as police not just arrest a student, but beat the shit out of him. So pretty understandably, the students just immediately rioted and kept rioting for two nights. (laughs) And then they burned down the Bank of America building. It had sort of become to them, not just like the badness of supporting apartheid, but it was just like occupying this space in people's mind that it stood for everything that was wrong in the world that was frustrating them. And it was just like the the bank was capitalism and injustice Mm -hmm. to them on that night. So they burned it down and nothing got better. And they knew it wouldn't. Mm -hmm. They knew that burning down the bank wasn't going to fix anything. It wasn't going to stop Vietnam. It wasn't going to keep them safe from the draft. It wasn't going to end apartheid. 
I wasn't even going to get Professor Allen back. They just felt powerless. And I get it. <laughs> like, I'm way older than they were then. But like, <laughs> I still have just like the rage of frustrated <laughs> powerlessness in my belly at all times. I get it. Um, but I mean, that was in the 60s. We fixed all those problems now, right? <laughs> uh, yeah. Man. Ugh. Can we go burn down a bank when we leave? Okay, so my note to myself on this is like, don't incite a riot. <laughs> don't incite a riot, Summers. Jen, you can burn a piece of paper in my driveway. Okay. <laughs> and we with can, the water hose. We can stomp our feet. <laughs> on standby. Let's shake our hands angrily at okay. this guy. Grandpa Simpson. All right. So Governor Reagan, he sent in the National Guard and there was a <gasps> curfew. And he told he told the National Guard to put down the protest. Whoa. This sounds like so much more action than the Elwood bombing. I know it was. It was. And hey, spoiler alert, somebody actually dies in this one. But like, <gasps> unlike that one. And so the SWAT team from LA was here, LAPD SWAT team. And as I mentioned, Isla Vista now had a whole police department dedicated to keeping them in line. The IV Foot Patrol, which was established that year. Hmm. So this was real new to them. And they're mad like, yeah. about it. Um, and it was supposed to be a a boots on the ground effort to control left wing protests. So then, so I imagine the IV foot patrol hears that they're having this, this presentation at the stadium. And then the one guy comes out with what looks like a Molotov cocktail, oh. quote yeah. unquote. And I'm now imagining the guy sitting at the Isla Vista foot patrol, like Annie Potts and Ghostbusters. <laughs> Oh, we got we one. Got one. <laughs> we got one. And they all throw on their right here and get excited to go out and I was picturing bust up some kids. Uh, South Park and like an early South Park where, I don't know, it's like his hunting outlawed and they're like, he's coming right for me. And they just like, they just keep saying that to like shoot animals. He's coming right yeah. for me. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Oh, gosh. Okay. So next we're going to talk about the killing of Kevin Moran. In the first couple of weeks of April 1970, so after the Bank of America building burned, police brutality had become a way of life for UCSB students in Isla Vista, especially those who lived off campus in Isla Vista, under the jurisdiction of the Isla Vista Foot Patrol. There were extended riots, and the IV Foot Patrol became a focus of the protesters' anger. So they're still mad about Bank of America, mm -hmm. but they're now they're mad at the IV Foot Patrol, and they're like focusing on just messing with them uh -huh. because they don't want them there and it's so new that you feel like like now if you're living in ivy i would think you don't feel like you have any power over getting rid oh, of yeah. the ivy foot patrol but then like they had just been put in so mm -hmm. you, you're gonna feel like you could be like no undo that like yeah control z that so bank of america for some reason instead of just being like okay burn us down we're not gonna be in ivy they were like oh no We'll put up a temporary building. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you can't beat us. And some of the protesters in Ivy wanted to destroy the temporary building. Um, and the student body president at UCSB at the time went on the radio on April 18th. KCSB? I, I think. I don't know if it was called that at the time, <laughs> but I guess so. Um, on April 18th, he asked students to go to the site of the temporary building to try to calm everyone down. Oh. And that was not a great idea. One of the students who heard that call to action on the radio was 22-year-old Kevin Morin. Kevin was originally from Saratoga, California, which is a little town 300 miles north. He's the oldest of 10 children. Whoa. So he's everybody's big brother in his family. He's a hard worker. 
he was really generous. When he was in high school, he had a paper route and he would work, 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 and then use the money to buy Christmas presents for his younger siblings. Oh. And he graduated from Saratoga High School in 1966, enrolled in UCSB later in that year, and he studied economics at UCSB, and he was on the rowing team. So he's this earnest young man. He's going to graduate in just a couple months, and he heads over to the temporary Bank of America building, and he goes in to try to dissuade the students inside who are setting fires in there trying to burn that down. And then this is when a bullet from an Isla Vista foot patrol officer's gun shot through the building and hit Kevin. And according to a New York Times article published on April 21st, Kevin died within seconds. Santa Barbara Sheriff's Department claimed the IV foot patrol officer who shot Kevin did it by accident as he was pursuing a sniper in the area. Hmm. Seems fishy. To this day, the official story is the gun discharged accidentally. The officer has never been named. At first, they lied and said that they didn't do it. Of course. They said the sniper killed him. And it was only when tests showed that the bullet that killed Kevin came from, it, like, showed that it came from one of their guns that they were like, oh, well, no, we were chasing the sniper. Mm-hmm. Kevin's brother, Brian Morin, a park maintenance worker in Saratoga, wrote an article for the Saratoga News in 1995 about his brother and the Isla Vista riots. He said that after Kevin was killed... Quote, then President Richard Nixon and then Governor Ronald Reagan sent their condolences, unquote, which yuck. In the years that followed Kevin's death, we don't have a park or anything dedicated to Kevin here, but Saratoga does. And so they dedicated a city park to his memory. And so his brother Brian at work got to spend part of his workday in the park dedicated to his big brother. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's very sad. It is. Some articles that I read seem to suggest that Kevin... Morin's death at the hands of the IV foot patrol ended the IV riots, but in reality, no, there were more. Mm. There's a third one happened in June. It lasted for nine days. But like, what did this have to do with Halloween (laughs) in Isla Vista? And it's not a direct provable link between like our elder boomer kids, like raged filled political (laughs) awakening and the rise of Ivy Halloween getting like off the hook. But the fact that life at UCSB and in Ivy had turned into a hellscape and like really do go look at our Instagram because there will be photos of what it looked like. And it's just dystopian nightmare. Really? And yeah. And like lines of foot patrol officers and then facing up against lines of students with like protest signs about pigs and everything like the Ivy, the the riots were about the foot patrol they were not about that bank that's wild towards the end but it had turned into a hellscape of frustrated political powerlessness for these young people and they were getting real used to being attacked by like a local law enforcement department or entity whose entire job was to be there stomping them down or controlling them or doing community policing One of their classmates had just been killed. And it just, it makes me think that the college age youth of Ivy really needed an outlet. And their outlet was one that caused trouble for the Ivy Foot Patrol. And I think that was on purpose. Yeah. Halloween was perfect. (laughs) And right after that terrifying 69 to 70 academic year, Halloween in Isla Vista exploded into something that started to resemble the ultimate college street party of legend. (laughs) That we all know it as. By the mid to late 70s, Halloween in Isla Vista was a huge and unruly thing. And it was that way intentionally as a protest against authority. Isla Vista was in the process of being built back up after the riots totally destroyed the little town. 
Here's a quote from that same article. In 1978, a spontaneous riot broke out in this spirit after the tension had been building since the creation of the Isla Vista Foot Patrol in 1970. A party of 600 people became violent when bottles were thrown at officers. And I just really want to describe this to you because the mental picture is magnificent. What happened was there was a massive party on Del Playa and the Ivy Foot Patrol rode their bikes past it. And some of the kids threw empty beer bottles at two officers. The officers responded doing their whole riot response beatings routine. And the entire 600 person party, most of them now dressed up in fun Halloween costumes. (laughs) turned on the Ivy Foot Patrol and they all threw bottles at them, destroyed police cars. Remember, the Foot Patrol was supposed to be getting officers out of their cars and in front of people, Mm -hmm. like doing their community policing. So the way I see it, they didn't need the cars. (laughs) Anyway, that's fine. And um, so (laughs) these kids in Halloween costumes scared law enforcement so much that they called in backup and there were 43 officers involved. They arrested students charging four with felonies because that's great community policing, right? Amazing. By the 1980s, you've got this tradition of antagonism between the Ivy Foot Patrol, which has become itself the symbol of everything the Bank of America building used to symbolize for UCSB students. And there's been a massive increase in the rest of the country's interest in Isla Vista after what happened during the 1969 to 1970 school year. So the word spreads about Halloween and Isla Vista, and it's dangerous, yes, but it's also where you want to be if you're a college student who can feasibly (laughs) get there for Halloween. So uh, I interviewed someone who went to UCSB in the late 80s and early 90s, and he was a city college student. It's Steve. (laughs) He was a city college student. And he said he went to Halloween and Ivy even when he was a city college student, mm-hmm. which should make sense to me. But I was just such a wallflower. Like, I just I would never I didn't even yeah, go to Halloween when I went there. Kids still live out there. I know. Yeah. I don't understand that at all. It's so far. <laughs> I don't understand the like lack of prioritization of convenience and laziness. <laughs> well, it probably also has to do with the fact that it's a college town. Yeah. So yeah. in theory, there's more affordable options. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. But and also the party scene. <laughs> Yeah, Yeah. I know. I know. I just don't get it. By the late 80s, you had uh, 30,000 people crowding into Ivy for Halloween, hundreds of citations every time. Mm -hmm. Uh, Around 100 people would be booked into jail over the course of Halloween. Sounds right. Yeah, that also sounds like way too many people. And that's why I never partook of that. It's a nightmare. At all. (laughs) That sounds like the last place on earth I would want to be. So here's a quote from our source. Okay. (laughs) It was crazy in the late 80s, early 90s. And then in the mid 90s, they killed Isla Vista Halloween. They killed it on purpose. In the late 80s, people came from everywhere, all over the state. All college age people would get in their car and go there for the weekend from all over just to be a part of it. Mm -hmm. That was. uh, Oh, are you done? Yeah. Oh, I was because like I was there in the late 90s, Uh early 2000s. And it was still that was before they like really cracked down. Are you going to talk about that? No, a little. In 1991, 25,000 people attended Halloween in Ivy, and the Nexus reports that 851 of them were arrested, and unfortunately, two partiers fell off the cliffs. Remember the cliffs? Mm -hmm. I don't mean to be flippant about the cliff falls, because they're almost always fatal. It's terrible. I know. Uh, And as I was writing this episode, there was another death Mm -hmm. from an Isla Vista cliff fall. Most of the cliff deaths happen not on Halloween, but cliff deaths and underage or excessive drinking, arrests, and the numbers of non-locals involved in Isla Vista Halloween were reasons often cited by people who wanted to shut it down, Mm -hmm. or as today, keep it shut down. 
And then in the 90s, all of the hype about Halloween started to impact UCSB's official reputation. So the university that wants to be like a top research school (laughs) and a great place to focus on serious academics starts popping up on Playboy magazine, the list of top (laughs) party schools. uh, Like the first time it was on that list was in 1991, I believe. And that's not what UCSB is going for marketing wise. UCSB puts a lot of... probably like 100 times more effective marketing. (laughs) Totally. But just not for the not for attracting like researchers, because researchers are really who makes the money for UCSB, you know, and it wasn't just like we were popping up on the list like we were number two in 1991 (laughs) and 2006. And UCSB still holds its own and parties party school rankings. Playboy did have a really good quote, though, one year saying, quote, UCSB grads do go on to do great things after their six years in college. (laughs) Which, like, I went there for five years. And so that made me laugh and made me feel smarter than everyone else. So the combination of the violence, the perceived danger to students, off-the-hook status of law enforcement, and the party school public image threatened to damage revenue for the university. So the administration, the county of Santa Barbara, and even the neighboring city of Goleta, which existed by this time, Mm -hmm. waged major war against Ivy Halloween beginning in the mid-90s. The county passed noise ordinances to give police teeth as far as shutting parties down, because like what they needed was more teeth. And there were messaging campaigns from within the university getting pushed out to students. The county of Santa Barbara, which is the municipal jurisdiction Isla Vista falls under since it's not its own city, Mm -hmm. uh, changed all of its ordinances to define basically any apartment party that played music as an outdoor festival. Oh, funny. (laughs) So it's now subject to even more restrictions and legal consequences. And since alcohol tends to make people brave, as well as causing all kinds of other problems, rules around alcohol changed in IV in the 90s. And I mean, I don't want to I don't want to take the side of the IV foot patrol or sound like a wet blanket or anything. But I mean, (laughs) I think it's pretty safe to say that it outgrew its confines like when you have 30,000 people coming into a small town that what did you say the normal uh residency is out there oh yeah ish when I was there on Halloween like wall to wall but like in the middle of the street yeah yeah it was like being at a like at a concert where you're just crammed in but like through the whole town like all along DP yeah mostly on DP downtown area elsewhere as well but um but yeah DP being the playa. Yeah. yeah. Well, what mean, was it like when you were there? It was just, it was just a party and you just walked around and people were in costumes and people were drinking and you had, everybody had their like creative little, you know, ways to uh, not get an MIP, a minor yeah. in public. So you would have like a, your red solo cup that you like, you, I never did this, but I saw people doing it where like you, you cut another one and stuck it up under it. So you look like, cause you would just walk around with your cup upside down. Uh-huh. Cause then you didn't have like a full beverage, Yeah, but really you had a second cup hidden up inside of it. Like oh, that's funny. It was really funny. And my three things that stick out in my brain. Okay. Costume wise uh-huh. <laughs> is one year. What were the, are they Muppets? The, like the, what, 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 what? Oh, the alien ones. Yeah. Yes, those guys. So there were a couple dudes dressed up as those one year. Uh-huh. I've always just, wanted to do those too. costumes. So well done. So well done. There was a guy dressed up as like a shepherd, maybe, that had like a, a goat uh-huh. with him. <laughs> a real goat? DP, a real goat. <laughs> <laughs> and there was a guy pushing around like a medical table dressed up as a doctor. Like he was a gynecologist. So he was like, <laughs> like a full on, like, yeah, medical 
Yeah. To the, you With see, a table? Like, yeah. Like <laughs> you see at the doctor's office. Those are the three that are like burned and into I'm my brain. And I'm guessing he was holding a sign like free exams. Yeah, so probably. Yeah. 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 I would also venture to guess that there were probably hundreds of unreported instances of assault oh, on sure. women. <laughs> right. And yeah. other right. terrible things. Um, I'm sure. One year, my brother, who was like 10 years younger than me, came for oh, Halloween. Yeah. Gosh, he must have been like 11, maybe. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> when we wow. walked around with him. But it wasn't like it didn't feel dangerous. I mean, it was just a bunch of kids out yeah, partying, walking oh, around. The thought of my little 13 year old out there <laughs> during that time. I yeah. mean, my husband, my husband went out there during Halloween. I'm sure he's got stories. Yeah. That I don't want to hear. <laughs> I want to hear them. <laughs> In the 90s, I went to Dos Pueblos High School, which is the school closest to Ivy, right? Mm-hmm. The catchment area for that school includes Isla Vista. And they would tell us for weeks before Halloween, like, do not go to Isla Vista. <laughs> and my ninth grade boyfriend would be like... I live in Alistair. I don't <laughs> know how to not go there. Yeah. I have to go there. But honestly, if I lived there, I would probably go away for Halloween. Right. Oh, yeah. Like me with Fiesta, <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> totally. So one person I talked to um, who was a student there ending in 94 he said early on, like beer companies would just bring trucks of beer what? into Isla Vista and deliver like vast quantities of beer Whoa. to students' apartments. Was it Natty Ice? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. And um, and that was for big parties, including Halloween, not just for Halloween. But that changed in the mid 90s. And it was also like they made it much harder to go get a keg mm. because um, you used to be able to just go get a keg, I guess. Like you pay your money, you get the keg. But um, one year it changed and they had this new like party host law where they would put a label on the keg. If you paid for it, your name went on the keg. Uh-huh. So when your party got busted, you were serving you minors. Were yeah. Too. yeah. <laughs> and then although the city of Goleta doesn't have jurisdiction over Isla Vista, it does surround Isla Vista and the university. So starting in the 2010s, I believe um, they started cracking down on the street parking in Goleta. Mm -hmm. And I lived in Goleta at that time. And I lived in Elwood, home of the bombardment. (laughs) And I would have to put special tags on my car for like a few different party weeks of the year. And you couldn't come into IV without something proving that you actually lived there. That was a new thing. (sighs) Yeah. Like the late 2000s. Yeah. whatever 2000s yeah for the last few years here they've been doing a big party on halloween like a big concert to keep the kids out of trouble oh, like at, at the <laughs> that stadium. reminds me of like when they do after part like prom after parties <laughs> yeah. come here and be safe instead of going to a hotel and <laughs> yeah partying. exactly make memories not babies <laughs> <laughs> so i i wasn't the kind of person who would seek out an ivy halloween experience <laughs> during my time at UCSB or at any time. But I just don't see it after learning about it. Like I don't see it as the ultimate evil that so many people in authority seem to like I get it's a great big annoyance. I am not down with all the assaults that happen. (laughs) Um, But just like seeing why it grew when it did and how the university and the IV foot patrol were both culpable in the late 60s and early 70s like I'm sort of a fan like I see it as an important cultural thing like way more important than fiesta for sure to me I see it as like a super valid cultural tradition carrying on the countercultural traditions of those students in 1970 who were refusing to let their world turn corporate and evil but do you th- think that the people coming from out of town in the 90s no had any idea of that or i don't at all i certainly didn't yeah (laughs) they absolutely didn't 
and don't. And so hang on, I have something about this. <laughs> Today, right now, UCSB is pushing out keep Halloween local messaging to students in an attempt to convince them to self-police and not let anyone from outside Santa Barbara come in and have any fun. <laughs> and then, yeah, in recent years, there have been harder stadium concerts planned, just like as a way to tempt the student body to stay on campus where they could be more easily controlled. And uh, on Reddit, someone said that Manzanita Village, that area gets fenced off during Halloween. And so you, like, I guess can't get in or out. I'm trying to think of what Manzanita Village, where's that's at? (laughs) Yeah, I definitely, like, I don't know if they still do it, but I remember when they started really cracking down on people coming in from out of town Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. you would see, like, the uh, transportation signs. Yep. That would be, like, residents only, you know, like, on the exits of the freeway and stuff. Oh, yeah, I remember that. I do. Yeah. I forgot about that. So the actual brand messaging UCSB uses is keep it safe, keep it local, (laughs) which is like such a missed opportunity because it should be keep it secret, keep it safe, like Lord of the Rings. (laughs) (laughs) Like, you know, about the one ring and Frodo keeping it, keeping it secret, keep it safe. Like keep it safe. Don't let the word get out. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Keep it exclusive. It should be keep it secret, keep it safe. (laughs) Halloween in Isla Vista, the precious for locals. (laughs) And then, like, have the IV Foot Patrol dress up as the ring race. Oh, my gosh. Riding bikes instead of dead horses. And, like... I think you should submit a proposal for this. I think it it would work. And, like, UCSB, I am available for consultation. But, like, it's nothing... It does tie back to me uh, equating them to LARPers. Yes. Yes, it does. My idea is flippant, but... It's nothing compared to the way the UCSB messaging of today, like, infantilizes that student body. <laughs> the way the 6970 kids were dangerous, counterculture leftists, but now UCSB treats their student body like they're babies. <laughs> the IV Community Services District has a lot of the 22 event promotion up, and it just looks like it's made for third graders, like oh, for a really? pizza party for Halloween or something. It's <laughs> like, it's just so insulting. They're treating them like they're eight but like what are they gonna do i mean i don't know just like talk to them <laughs> like they're real adults because they are like we know you're gonna party like just try to be yeah. responsible with it <laughs> and like here's what to do if you see an assault or your friend falls off the cliff right like or like here's don't where to drink yourself away from. into oblivion <laughs> yeah exactly like teach them harm reduction make good choices yeah <laughs> yeah instead of take just care of like, each other <laughs> instead of just like holding out a cupcake like here stay here <laughs> watch Snoop Dogg. I'll give you some candy if you be good. (laughs) Yeah. I just treat them like adults. And, um, but I, I mean, that's one of my issues with so many, like when you have top down messaging uh that people are like, Oh, well it has to be engaging and engaging equals cute and playful. And every (laughs) like, like, yeah, like you said, infantilizing your messaging Mm -hmm. because interesting has to be, childish yeah instead of treating the student body like they're eight years old let's try something else like the way i see it and i may be being dramatic because i often am but these are the inheritors of a brave and pretty noble tradition of protest and direct political action like that's the student body at ucsb and don't talk down to them with like vague mentions of staying safe or like a warning about razor blades and your trick-or-treating candy. Like there's zero mention. No, it's fentanyl now. Yeah, I know. There's zero mention of the fact that the thing partiers needed to fear in Ivy in Halloween's heyday yeah. was 
the poorly trained, trigger-happy police Yeah, in a force that had just been put there to keep them down, and it shot one student and beat up countless more. Gosh. And there's just very little mention of that. I didn't know about it Me until like a couple weeks ago when I wrote this episode. Yeah. I don't know if the guy dressed as the gynecologist giving out free exams <laughs> is uh, directly linked to those upstanding uh, activists of the 60s. <laughs> but I definitely see where that's where yeah. it comes from. But I feel like it, they could be like it would be so great to educate that student body about what came before well, them. you've just done it, Summers. <laughs> Don't riot, kids. <laughs> Not inciting a riot. So what's the legacy of Halloween in Isla Vista? Um, after researching this episode and seeing why Ivy Halloween grew when it did, and how the university and the Ivy Foot Patrol were both culpable in the late 60s and early 70s, I'm actually sort of a fan of the whole Isla Vista Halloween shebang. Annoying hassle, though it may be, if you're not a student who likes it. <laughs> in a way, Halloween in Ivy is a super valid cultural event to me now, carrying on the counterculture traditions of those students in 1970 who refused to let their world turn corporate and evil and who raged and burned it all down rather than submit to having the Ivy Foot Patrol's boots on their necks. The UCSB student body of the 1970s had every reason and every right to fight back against what was going on at the time. Half of them had to watch the news once a week to find out if they were maybe going to die in Vietnam fighting a war they didn't believe in. And that would put any group of people into a pressure cooker. And then instead of helping deal with the actual problems facing that micro generation of UCSB students, the adults who were supposed to be wise and trustworthy just created a Frankenstein police coalition designed to watch and punish. And it would seem occasionally brutalize the young people of Isla Vista and UCSB. So what is the logical thing to do when your existence in the world is making you feel powerless and mad as hell about it? Party. You blow off steam. <laughs> you party on Halloween. And in the process, you make life as hard as possible for the Ivy Foot Patrol for decades. And I'm all for it. If anything, I'd like to see Halloween and Ivy rise from the ashes someday soon. Just maybe put up a fence to keep the kids from falling off the cliffs. Yeah. And that's it. That's my story. Cool. That's super interesting. <laughs> Had no idea about, I guess, like the actual right intent of the bank burning. and Yeah. Yeah. Right? <laughs> I had no idea. Me neither. I did see that there is like a, um, I did see that there is a plaque in Peace Park. I don't know where any of these parks in IV are. <laughs> so like we will put them on the I map on our website. I've never heard of that one either. <laughs> Or there's a peace monument in Perfect Park or something like that. There's a lot of peace. <laughs> what the hell is Perfect Park? I don't know. I swear they're like trying to rebrand Dog Shit Park. It, maybe. <laughs> it's like kind of just like a median or something. It's huh. I looked it up. But um, again, map on our website. <laughs> it's, yeah, I learned a lot. And actually, like, I felt like I could hear like that Four Dead in Ohio song like in my head while I was while I was writing it yeah. and I was just like pumped for those kids like <laughs> burn it down I don't uh, I'll have to listen to but that don't one. riot not kids. familiar oh um you will, are familiar you will have heard it but okay uh I guess we can't play it on the podcast <laughs> but, um but we could link to it, it from the we'll link to it in the show notes okay and the photo and everything I'll google it later all right so I think <laughs> oh time lord you might have something for us to do yeah I'm I was just sitting here like debating what question could we ask the magic eight ball <laughs> should the ghouls guide the three of us ghouls uh-huh go to ivy on halloween 
<laughs> not ever gonna happen. I'd like to know the in- the input of the eight ball, but I am gonna veto that real hard. I can't even drive in Isla Vista because know, of that right? one street that doesn't have a stop sign for all the bikes. Oh, but I like the. I want to ask like. I want to ask a question that Liz could just answer and be like, was Liz ever cited for partying in Isla Vista during Halloween? No. Were Liz and my husband ever partying in Isla Vista at Halloween at, at the, the same, same time? time? That's a good Didn't one. We, we asked if you and I ever trick-or-treated in the oh, yeah, branch yeah, yeah. at the same time. I we bet could. we were because we're the same age. Yeah. Okay, so, let's find okay, out. Let's find out. Were Liz and Mike ever, I almost said trick-or-treating in Halloween at the same time. We'll call it trick-or-treating. T- trick-or-treating for alcohol <laughs> on dp huh. odds aren't good oh no i feel like the odds are pretty good <laughs> me, too. Yeah, me too just ask him 97 98 99 when did i turn 21 <laughs> join us next week when okay. we're gonna tell you all wait about... you gotta start over because i was laughing at my burp <laughs> okay next week jen is gonna tell us about norman paulson and the brotherhood of the sun thank you so much for joining us yeah we'll see you next time bye hi mom Thanks for listening to The Ghoul's Guide to Santa Barbara. Like and subscribe on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Ghoul's Guide to SB. Our website is ghoulsguidetosb.com. Got a spooky story or know of a haunted or paranormal location in Santa Barbara? Send it to us at ghoulsguidetosb at gmail.com. <laughs>